Open your Bibles with me, grab your worship guide, track along with me, take some notes today because, uh, you know, messages are kind of like a meal. Um, They're like a good meal. You might want to eat on it later. Um, I personally don't eat leftovers, but I know a lot of people that do. I don't think food's good the second time. I just don't. Uh, When you put it in the microwave, it's just not as good. Uh, But messages are not like that. So take some notes because God wants to speak to you more um, then on Sunday morning, he wants to speak to you on Tuesday. Anybody else like trying to stay saved by Wednesday, right? And so, um, so you'll need it. So take some notes, track along with me, put them in your phone. Um, but let's start right here this morning. Here's what I want to ask you. Start out with a question this morning. Is, and this is the title to my message also. Um, I work really hard on these titles. Um, not really. But um, the title of my message today is, Is Peace Possible? Like, is it actually possible? And I know all the church people, they're like, amen, yes it is. Bless God. Is peace possible? Like, I've asked this question to myself several times in my life. Like, even being a pastor. Like, is peace actually possible? Here's what I'm talking about. Is is peace possible in in the face of adversity? Right? You get the diagnosis. You have the tragedy. You lose someone unexpectedly. You, you, you walk through trauma in your life. And is peace actually possible? Like in every season of our life, in every moment of our life, is it, is it actually possible to have the peace that the Bible describes to us or that I think we should have? Like, is it actually, is it just a pie in the sky thing? Is it, is it like for people who are like real Christians or real believers? But, but like, is peace actually possible. I ask myself this in seasons, um, you know, when, when a tragedy happens or, you know, when, when, when it hits the fan. Anybody ever have it hit the fan in your life? Anybody have it hit the fan this week? Okay, good. This morning. So I find myself having no peace in moments. And then I start this inner dialogue. Anybody else got an inner dialogue? Isn't it, isn't it just awesome? And I think, well, well, I don't have any peace. But, but I know the Bible says I should have peace. And like I remember growing up watching my pastor, and I watch pastors, as they, and they feel like I look at them and I'm like, man, they've got this peace thing figured out. Look at them. Like I remember going to my pastor's house growing up, and it was like he just hovered across the, you know, like he just had this peace. And, and I'm like, well, peace must be possible because and, and, I see people have peace. And, 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 and I guess I'm just the problem. Anybody else have this little inner dialogue? Well, it just must be, it must be. I was taught about the peace that passes all understanding in the Bible. Like, I get it. Then I start to send a dog, it's like, Mark, you're our pastor, why don't you have peace? It's like, you read the word every day, why don't you have peace? Like, you're supposed to get up here and like preach to these people about like how to really live it. And, and how come you don't have any peace right now? And then the inner dialogue does nothing but give me less peace. Like, well, I know it's possible. Like, I see people that have had peace, or at least what I thought had peace. And, and then I don't have any, and I'm like, feel super like insecure, even more insecure than I already am as a pastor, right? I'm like, well, crap, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to tell them how to have peace when I don't have peace? And then this inner dialogue just takes me into more, more anxiety, more worry. Anybody else? Okay, good. I feel guilty because I should be a stronger believer. (laughs) I've walked with God most of my life. There was a pretty big chunk there in the middle where I didn't, but 
But like, I know the word. I, I know what God can do. I've seen him do, do things in my life. I, I think to myself, like, I should be a stronger believer. I, I should be more mature believer. These are what things I tell myself. I mean, I could tell you seven different scriptures right now, because I was raised word of faith, that have to do with peace. But yet, I, some days I can't find anybody. Anybody else? Right? Like, like the Bible says that Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead... Pray about everything. Because it's with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving that make your request be made known to God. Here we go. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Amen, everybody. And I still don't have any peace. <laughs> I know that. I got it. Know the scripture. Second Thessalonians. 316, it's another one. Now may the Lord of Himself give you peace. It's great at all times. I think that's great. That must be the view from heaven, right? Like It's a little different view down here. Like I've got four kids and, and I've got a life and I'm married and, and I have to make money. I don't think they're making money in heaven. And like they don't have a mortgage in heaven. And they, they got people that annoy the crap out of them in heaven. Everybody gets along in heaven, right? But I read this. I know this. I know these scriptures, but yet I still can't in seasons of my life can't find peace. Then, the, then you get to the last one, right? John 14 where Jesus says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. And he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Like I know these scriptures. You know, you know chances are if you like grew up anywhere around a felt board, you know these, these scriptures. But I find myself can I just be real with you this morning? Like I find myself in moments not having any peace. And then I start the dialogue and it seems the dialogue does nothing else but give me less peace. And then I would find myself doing, I don't know, y'all don't do this because y'all are probably better than me. So, so I, I know the scripture, I don't have peace. I start the dialogue, the dialogue spins me into more anxiousness and more worry. And, and then I find myself doing what y'all probably don't do is I use a substance to buy me some peace for a minute. Hello? Oh, y'all don't do that though. Y'all ain't buying peace with external substances. Y'all don't, y'all don't buy, y'all don't, y'all don't go shopping to make yourself feel better. No. Yeah, y'all don't switch from relationship to relationship to relationship to make you complete. No. That one was for Sherry, everybody. You don't, you, you, hey, you don't scroll on your phone for hours just so you can numb out. You don't do that. You don't take this drink just to buy yourself some peace. Can I get an amen? You know, when I think about the kind of peace that's sustainable, that, 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 that can rule in my life, the kind of peace that that I feel like the Bible describes, that I feel like I should have, that I feel like, because God loves me, He wants the best for me, that I feel like he should have, yet so often in my life I feel like it's unattainable. Anybody else? Anyone else feel like a failure when you don't have peace? <laughs> Religion will love to make you feel like a failure when the scripture that you read doesn't manifest in your life in the moment. You know, because the scripture's not wrong, you're wrong. 
but we're human. What's interesting about the peace, I mean the peace like in the biblical sense, what we read about. My peace I give to you. May the peace of God guard your heart. Like the peace that we read about inside of the Bible. What's interesting about the peace, I mean the peace in the scriptural sense is the biblical kind of peace that Jesus talks about. It is not, you got to listen to me, it is not connected to or derived from anything outside of me. Let let, let me me read what I wrote because it's better. It is not derived from external substances, the kind of peace that the Bible talks about. It's not a result, the kind of peace that, the peace I give you, not of the world. It is not derived from or attributed to external circumstances in my life, right? Like, like we're, we're moving, my family's moving, we moved from Hinton to Hyde, we're just making a career out of moving, that's what we're doing, it's annoying. Um, but anyway... We're moved, we moved from Hinton to Hydro so we could be here, and um, now we're in this house, and it's, 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 it's tiny. Um, and when I say tiny, you have to know relativity is different. You know, Tiny for me with four kids and a dog is 1,400 square foot. That's tiny. And I'm about ready to... Yeah, no, I lose it. I'm not about ready to. I lose it. I got to find it often, find my Jesus often. But, 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 I, but I think to myself... That, that when we move, because we're moving, we're, we were supposed to close on our house Friday. We found a house with an acre. It's awesome. You know, it's going to be great. You know, kids can run around. And, and I keep thinking, though, whoa, whoa. I keep thinking, when I get moved there, then I'll have peace. When I get that job, that bank account, that person, that grade on my semester average, that that that. Thing, that level in my business, that, 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 play, that, that level in my walk with God, then I'll actually have peace. And I want to tell you this, the kind of peace that Scripture de- 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 describes to us, it is not derived from external substance or not attributed to external things inside of our life. The peace that can walk out on the boat and say, be still and the storm calm does not come from the outside. Here's what I realized in studying for peace this week, I realized that, that the peace, peace, like when you think about it, we, we, we think of it as a feeling. But, but peace is really a miracle. Like, like it's a miracle that, that I could have peace in the face of adversity. I don't, I'm going to preach if y'all will just talk to me today. I feel like that when I'm able to walk through adversity, when I get the diagnosis or the, the, the trauma from the past comes up or, or, or I get mistreated or I get rejected or I, 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 look, like, I, I feel like what I noticed in Scripture is that peace is not a feeling. Peace is a miracle that, that comes from God. This is important to notice because once you realize that, that the miracle of peace happens from God, from the inside, you, you realize that no external force can make you at rest, at peace. You can live different. So peace is not a feeling. Peace is a miracle. Okay, well, that's good to know. We know that now. So I started looking at miracles in the Bible. I looked at, I looked at all these different miracles. The demoniac where Jesus and his disciples travel across the sea and they, they freed the demoniac. I looked at the woman with the issue of blood. I looked at the woman at the well, which was a spiritual miracle. I look at, um, I look at um, blind Bartimaeus. I look at the paralyzed guy that Jesus 
uh, that his friends let down through the... I look at all these miracles, and what's interesting is that I begin to... When I realized peace was a miracle, and I begin to look at all these miracles, I realized there was one commonality. There was a few commonalities, but there was one main commonality between all of the miracles that took place in Scripture. Y'all want to know what it is? Do you want to know what it is? Okay. It's the atmosphere for a miracle. I looked at all these moments. This is interesting. Because I looked at all these moments. And there was something that the person who had the need did. There was something that the environment did. There was something that God did that created an atmosphere for a miracle to take place. Man, y'all ain't hearing me. This is going to change your life. How many of y'all know that there was always obedience attached to the miracle that God wanted to do in the life of the person? How many of y'all know that the blessing always follows the obedience? It's never the other way around. <laughs> right? It sucks, but it's true. Right? Like, I, I, I am blessed because God is overwhelmingly faithful, way more faithful than I am. And I did not get all this and I don't even deserve it. However, there is a level to where my obedience can step me into some greater blessings inside of my life. Some greater miracles inside of my life. Amen, everybody. Right? The miracle of peace. So how do we, so I got to thinking, okay, cool, we're talking about peace. How do, we, how do we create an atmosphere for the miracle of peace to take hold in our life? Because there are some things we can do, but there's also some things that, that God can do. How many of y'all know if we do what we can do, God will do what only God can do? That without Him, we cannot. And without us, He will not. So I thought today we'd spend our time talking about how to create the atmosphere for the miracle of peace to take hold in your life. Amen, everybody. How many of y'all need more peace? Great. I'm going to preach to 13 of you today. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some things. I think it's like six. Six things to build the atmosphere for the miracle of peace to take hold in your life. And if the first service was any indication of what God wants to do in your life, I believe you're going to be blessed today. Amen, everybody. Are y'all ready to go? Are y'all ready to go? Okay, here's the first thing. I'm going to give you some practical things. Then I'm going to give you some spiritual things. Look at me. Smile. I love you. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. But, but I'm going to pastor you a little bit today, okay? Is that okay? All right, number one. How do we create the atmosphere of peace inside of my life? Number one is we have to deal with unresolved trauma. I do not care what you have, hold, believe. If you are carrying around unresolved trauma, we have got to confront unresolved trauma in our life if we ever want to have peace. The peace that the Bible talks about, not the peace you can buy on your cell phone, not the peace you can buy when you drink that, not the, not the kind of peace you buy when you can buy that, when you can get to that relationship, when you get to that person, when you get to that house, to that job. I'm not talking about that kind of peace. I'm talking about the peace that starts on the inside. It is not possible for long-term sustainable peace to be in your life if you're unwilling to confront unresolved trauma. And it sucks. And it is hard. And it is hard. Don't worry, I saved the hardest one. The hardest one's the first one. Then we're going to go easy after that. Are you ready? Okay. Listen to me. Your trauma will time travel on you. Just because it happened in the past doesn't mean it stays there. 
Just because it happened 10 years ago, what did they tell you? Oh, well, Chris, good Christians will tell you, well, you just need to pray about that. You know, the Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. If you do that, see, look at me. I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. And Jesus also said, you <laughs> clean the outside of the cup. The only way is to deal with unresolved trauma in our life, to confront it, and it's so hard. Ugh. It's not true that, that time heals all wounds because it doesn't. It's only in the hands of Jesus that our wounds are bound up. It's only in the hands of Jesus that He can make sense out of the most terrible and tragic things inside of our life. Come on, everybody. In order to have peace, you've got to be willing to confront unresolved trauma. The, the unresolved trauma in your past literally, listen to me, literally drives everything in your life today. Your relationships? Come on. Like five, six years ago, I was marrying these people. And uh, they were the kind of people that came to church because they needed to be married. And once they got married, I never saw them again. It happens, believe it or not. And uh, still praying for them. And uh, not really. Anyway, um, I'm just kidding you. Hey, man, it's so offensive to me, you know? It's like, just tell me, just tell me you're not my friend. And you don't like my preaching and you don't want to come. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Y'all know I deal with it now, right? Okay, anyway. And she had been married three times. It was not Sherry. <laughs> and he had been married a couple times. Now listen to me, serious point. Serious point. And I looked at him and I said, well, how do you think this one's going to work? And they looked at me like I was an idiot. And I was like, you are getting married to you, and you've been married twice, you've been married three times, and I know that's caused some trauma, and y'all just going to put all this trauma up under one roof and not deal with it? You, you just turn the hourglass over for how long they're going to stay together. Because I'm going to tell you this, unresolved trauma will affect your mo the greatest relationships that God wants you to walk in. That's why we're a huge proponent of encounters. Because it's that encounter. You get to walk through it in a healthy way with people who've been there before. And, and I, mean, I would tell people, like, uh, encounters like 10 years of counseling and one, 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 one weekend. Because you've got to face it. Here's what I'll tell you. If you're willing to face the unresolved trauma in your life, to come face to face with it, that's the moment you'll come face to face with Jesus who died for it. And you'll get to realize that, 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 that he not only died for my sin, but he died for my trauma and my abuse and my shame and my guilt and my diagnosis and my problems and my last marriage and my last time I was addicted and the last time I did something. Come on, somebody. It's, I'm telling you, you cannot have peace in your life if you're not willing to confront unresolved trauma. Encounter, 2nd and 3rd of December. Sign up today. Brian and I are also big components of therapy. Just to talk about like, man, because I want to tell you when I was seven and I walked through a traumatic childhood, seven, eight, abuse. I, I just couldn't process that. But now at 38, I can sit with somebody and, and then sit with the Lord who is the greatest counselor in an, in an environment like an encounter and I can be different. Let, let me tell you this, guys. Can I just be vulnerable with you for a minute? Unresolved Trauma, nearly, it cost me everything in my life and nearly cost me my life because I was a part of a religious environment and atmosphere where you forgot about it and you never dealt with it. 
please deal with it. You want to have peace in your life? Deal with it. That's all I got to say. Amen, everybody? Look at what the Bible says. Here's God's promise. Psalm 147, it says, He heals the brokenhearted. Like it's in these moments I watch it encounter. Y'all saw the video, right? Where I watch God bind up the wounds, man. Where he does what only he can do. All right, here's the second thing. Here's the second practical thing you can do. Do you want more peace? You need more peace? Your husband says you do. Um, I'm just kidding. He wasn't at small group Tuesday night. I'm kidding. I made that up. You looked at him like you were about to run back there and strangle him. Chill out. Here's the second thing you could do. I don't know if this one's for you, brother. You, you, you have to get rid of unhealthy relationships. <laughs> That's the second thing. You want to have peace? How many of y'all want to have peace? You got to get rid of, un, you, you have to get rid of unhealthy relationships. Listen, listen, nothing will steal your peace like somebody. We all know that somebody who wears drama like an expensive fur coat. Hey. Right? The relationship that we choose to walk in, believe it or not, has a huge impact on the amount of peace we're able to walk in in our everyday life. Every time you talk to them, they got a, a critical tongue. Every time you, you, you talk to them, they've got negativity, right? You all ever got this person in your life, right? You just call them and... He was like, oh, I feel worse now that I talk to you. Like, I got to go pray you off of me so I can be me again, right? Here's what I would tell you. Oh, Pastor Mark, don't we love people? We love everybody right where they're at. But I'm going to tell you this. If this is affecting your peace in your life, and you know when you get off the phone with them or you talk to them, you're just like, Ugh. Love them and pray for them at a distance with healthy boundaries. Amen, everybody? It's hard to have peace when you have, if the Bible says that you're the common denominator of the five people you spend the most time with, we should be more serious about who we spend the most time with. Because I'm going to tell you this, if I don't have peace, and there are moments where I don't, I'm not calling somebody who ain't got none I can borrow. I'm not calling somebody. I'm careful who I take advice from as it's concerned to peace and growth inside of my life. Because I'm not going to take advice from somebody whose life is a wreck. Who has no peace who has no wisdom, who doesn't know what the Bible says, who's only going to agree with me and my miserable outlook at the moment. Come on, somebody. You've got to guard the relationships you have. You want more peace? You've got to get rid of unhealthy relationships. Everybody say amen. amen. Psalm 13, 20, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes. I love you. I love you. All of you. You're like, wait, what's he about to bring? What's he about to say? But, and, I learned to stop saying but. You got to say and, because if you say but, it just cancels out everything you just said. So, and, when I, when I'm, when I need peace, like I'm calling, like I love y'all, but I'm going to call my mentor. Because this old man just walks with God and like has these deer at his house. He just feeds them and talks to them. And he just has more peace than anyone. I'm going to call somebody I can borrow some peace from. Amen, everybody. Amen. Yeah. You, you want to have peace in your life? You better get some people around you that are peaceful. Here's the, here's the, here's the, the third practical thing. And I'm going to give you some spiritual things. Um, this one is like so deep. I don't know if you'll get it. Um, so you, you've got to get rid of negative and unhealthy relationships. Um, you've got to confront 
past trauma. You got to do it if you want peace. If you actually want peace, if you just want to pretend peace, that's fine. Do that. There's a lot of churches you can do that in. But we don't do it. We're going to do the whole, we grow around here. Amen, everybody. Um, and the third thing you can do is to make wise financial decisions if you want peace. Like, I know this sounds like, I thought this message wasn't, wasn't like powerful. And uh, so I called Ryan um, and I was started talking it through. And he's like, bro, this is good. So I felt better about it then. But, but this is true. When you, if you want, nothing will steal your peace like money problems. They just won't. They're making stupid financial decisions. I'm impulsive when it comes to buying things I like. Like, I have way too many shoes. And nothing will cause you stress like making unwise financial decisions. Nothing will rob your peace like you ain't got no money at the end of the month. Come on, somebody. And I'm not going to go into this because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about finances. Every year in November, for the last 10 years, Brian and I, we do a series on finances, on debt, on the tithe, on generosity, just God's way to live in our finances. The Bible says, um, or the Bible, Jesus mentions um, financial stewardship, money and possessions 2,300 times in Scripture. He references faith and love, 500 apiece. So I think it's safe to say we should talk about our finances. Amen, everybody? And so um, use the B word. Budget. That's like one thing I tell married couples that are getting married. It's like, hey, get a budget. Stop spending. Like, stop spending. This is just rudimentary, but we talk about peace. Stop, stop spending money you don't have. I promise you, the peace you have today in saying no, I don't like to say no to me. And I really don't like to say no to my kids. My wife says, they always ask you because you always tell them yes. But nothing will steal your peace like Making stupid financial decisions. Amen, everybody? Okay, let's, let's, let's step back here. Let's get into the spiritual things because these things are big too. I want you to have more peace. Here's why I want you to have more peace. I want you to have more peace because the world is dying and going to hell and they need you to have peace so you can give them peace. You can't give them what you don't possess. And if we exist to win the lost, hello? If we exist to win the lost, then we've got to be peace carriers when we go into our work, when we go into our business, when we go into our job. Amen, everybody? Okay, here's the first one you, you can do spiritually, and you can do this super easy. You got to develop a relationship with God's word. You're as strong as your relationship with God's word is. Because it's in his word that you know what he says about you. The problem is, is that most of us live with a borrowed or inherited knowledge of scripture. Hello? Your mama's faith won't sustain you when it hits the fan. Your grandma's pillow that says, trust ye in the Lord and all his might will not save you when you're walking through a divorce. It is the personal, genuine faith that you build. If you are not confident in the authority that Scripture provides you, you will be a slave for whatever this world has to offer. Whatever every circumstance has to offer. You'll be able to look at situations where God says that don't worry about that. I was telling somebody that we were talking about sickness and you know the thing that's going around, right? And, and I said, hey man, Psalm 91. They're like, well, I said Psalm 91. He dwells in the shadow of the most high. My mom prays that over me every single day. I read Psalm 91 over my family every single day. Why? Because 
I want them to dwell in the shadow of the Most High. I don't want pandemic or, or, or pestilence to come near their door. I want them to be safe. Are y'all with me this morning? I know that and I'm able to lean on that in times of trouble and have pieces because I have developed a relationship with the Word. From cover to cover, leather to leather, table of contents to the maps in the back, I believe what it says about my life. Because I can think some crazy things. But it is what centers me. Even if I have to read it, believe it, or, or say it until I believe it. You have to develop a relationship with God's Word. God's Word is food for a... I, I, I just I don't understand what I read. Whatever. Like, I get it though, because I use that. But let me tell you something. There is like 28 different Bible translations. Don't listen to that. Don't, don't listen to that person that's like, well, it's only the King James. Well, it's only the blah, blah, blah. I read the ESV just because I like it. But I also study out of just about every translation. Get the easy. They got, they got an easy reading version. They got the Passion Translation, which I love and read every day. They, they have the, the, the Bible app will read the daggum Bible to you. And it'll give you a little video. Start there. But you've got to develop a relationship. You're only as strong as your relationship with God's Word. Amen, everybody? The, 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 it's because in the Word, you find out things like Psalm 119, where it says, Great peace have those who love your law or love your Word. Look, look at what it says in the message. Put the message one up here, Anastasia. It says, For those who love what you Reveal. Everything fits. No stumbling in the dark for you. Come on, somebody. You know, he just puts stuff in there and as you read it, you find it. And what's good about the Bible is as you read it, it reads you. And so you're able to, to see like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that God said that about me. I didn't know that he was like this. I didn't know that that worked out like that. Just, just start. Start somewhere. Start consistently and start today. Amen, everybody. Number two, number two, this is a big one. Sherry's going to give me a good amen on this one. You have to develop a consistent prayer life. Come on. Like, it's hard, though. Because, like, I got kids and I get it. Like, as soon as, as soon as I wake up, I'm running. And I got things to do and. You know, now I got to like, I'm 38. So like taking care of my body and keeping it healthy, it seems like my full-time job. You know what I mean? It's like doctor's appointments and going to the gym twice a week and taking whatever my wife, my wife could kill me in 24 hours if she wanted to. The amount of pills she hands me every night and magnesium and this, this vitamin and that vitamin. And, and, uh, and it's hard to find time to, to, to really sit and pray. Anybody else? But, but I've, what I've noticed in my life is my life is as good as my spiritual life. See, here's what happens when you when you develop a consistent time to pray on Sunday mornings without fail. I'm here about five, five thirty, and I'm spending time with God because I would never want to talk about him and not have been with him. And. It's in those moments in the consistent prayer time with God and prayer is simple prayer is talking to God and learning to listen. That's all it is. It's in those times where 
my God becomes bigger than my problems. Where my focus turns off of this mess that I'm in and on the one who has the ability to rearrange the entire mess and work all things together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That's the Bible. That's why you should have a relationship with God's word. Amen, everybody. Right? It's in, it's in, it's in my quiet time with him where, where I remember that he healed my daughter of cystic fibrosis and that we had a baby two years uh, to the due date of the baby we lost. And, and it's when I remember that, that God restored me and healed me and gave me freedom and peace and gave me a second chance at my calling and brought this miracle and that miracle. It's, it's then in those moments where I'm reminded of the faithfulness of God and my problems are reoriented to now my God is who I serve and not my problems. Because we can get in the habit of serving our problems rather than giving them to our God. At least I can. I've got to have a consistent prayer life. What does that look like for you? To develop a consistent prayer life. Isaiah 26.3, it says you keep in perfect peace the, the, him whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts you. Sometimes I find myself trusting in the outcome, the natural outcome, more than I trust in the supernatural ability of my God. It's in prayer that, that our focus is on Him, His power, His ability to do the impossible in our life. It's in prayer, our personal time spending with God, that our circumstances in our life take the proper context Number three, here's the last one. Last one. So, in order to have peace, you've got to confront unresolved trauma. And everybody said amen. You have to get rid of people out of your life. Listen, stop walking with people who's like, I love it. I got it. Don't take advice from people whose financial life is a joke. Don't just don't do it. Don't 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 call somebody and say, hey, what would you do here? Because they've already done a bunch of dumb things. <laughs> They're not going to help you. Who, who, whose spiritual life is a wreck. Listen, love them, pray for them, help them, encourage them, but they're not who you're getting in from. Are you all with me? You've got to develop a relationship with God's Word. You've got to develop a consistent prayer life. These are easy things you can do to make the miracle of peace happen in your life. The last one is, is you have, and this is, this is, I struggle with like what's most important. They're all pivotal to creating the environment for the miracle of peace. But the last one is you've got to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You just have to. I'm going to tell you, like, and I get it because we all approach, we all approach the topic of the Holy Spirit in a different light, right? Like I was raised in the height of charismania. Y'all know this, right? Where we ran around the church for five hours, blew the shofar. It was great. I love it. I've seen miracles happen. Like I saw a guy run out of the back all the way to the front and dove into the baptistry, <laughs> you know? It was powerful. I've seen it all. We had feet washing Sundays. We had. Did you do that? I knew you were weird, and um, <laughs> I, that's why we're friends, Sherry. You get me. When I stand up here, you're like, I get that. Yeah, it is. A, it is scary. I remember, like, I remember uh, bringing a friend. These people need counseling. You know. So I grew up in the height of charismania. But I also, my grandparents were Church of Christ. So I was confused. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> I was in one side, like, and this was like every other Sunday, back and forth. Like going to, going to like, I went to, 
I went to like Willie George Youth Camp. Y'all remember that? And then I went to Lariat Creek. <laughs> and like in one place, we never sat down, it seemed like, unless you were asleep under the pew. And then the other one, you sat down, stood up, sat down, stood up. So here's what I'm trying to say is when we approach the topic of the Holy Spirit, one side owns it and the other side never talks about it. We've seen it done weird, so we shy away from it. Can I tell you this today? Just because we've seen some goofy person, and there are goofy people. Do it. That doesn't mean we can delete it from Scripture. That's, once again, why I love encounters. Because it's an encounter where you get the full picture of who the Holy Spirit is. And you get to learn how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I see so many believers today that are, that are hopeless, powerless, full of fear, anxiety. We're all the things, not moments of the overtone of their life is. And it's this one because they haven't de developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They no doubt have it because when you get saved, it comes to live on the inside of you. But it has never overflowed from them. Amen, everybody. Here, here's why you have to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. is because in Galatians, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. When I am, because I can get in this rhythm where I don't walk in the Holy Spirit, where I can kind of survive off of what I've got in here. Right? Where I'm not spending time praying in the Spirit, where I'm not, I'm just busy. I'm human. What do y'all think? I pray all day? I got life too. Everybody okay? Did y'all really think I prayed all day? Surely you didn't. And if I'm just not walking in the flow of the Holy Spirit, Man, I'm missing out on moments where I could be leading people to Jesus. I'm missing out on moments where I could be praying with somebody. I'm missing out on moments where I could have peace myself. I just become this self-centered little person when I'm not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what religion is? Religion is Jesus minus the Holy Spirit. Selfishness. Vanity. Washing the outside of the cup. Keeping score. Got anything else? Listen, here's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22. It says, this is what my life looks like when I'm walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. When I'm walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is, is love. It's joy. It's patience. It's peace. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is freaking power. There is no law. There ain't no rules against this. Nothing can change this. No circumstance, no trauma, no substance, no religion, ready? No sin can change your ability to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit, when I'm walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit is patience, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. When I get disconnected from that's why it's so pivotal. That's why it's so pivotal you develop a relationship with the Please come to the encounter. Please. If for nothing else, just come so you can learn how to live different. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so, and it ain't weird, is it guys? I've had everybody, the skeptic, the concerned, the questioner, all of them come to an encounter. And every one of them. We had three people out of 150 people that, that have left without the, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Could you use more peace? I know I could. 
Let me tell you this. God loves you. And He cares for you. And He is passionately pursuing your life. Every facet of your life, God saw it. Every moment of trauma that's caused you to live without peace, every moment, Jesus, you've been asking yourself the question, where was He? And I'll tell you, He was on the cross. Where was He when that trauma happened? Where was He when I walked through that divorce? Where was He when they kicked me out of that church? Where was He when I fell down? He was on the cross. He was on the cross. And He wants you to have peace. The kind of peace that I talk about, I know it's possible. The answer today, is peace possible? The answer is yes. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we love you. And we just thank you for what you've done in this room. We thank you for what you will do in this room. God, I just, I know that freedom happens when we gather your people together. God, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And so, Father, just as we feel you right now, we feel you moving on our heart, we feel you moving in our mind. God, I pray that we just would be open to that. That we would be open to, to allowing you to do something that we could not describe. Something that we could not contain. Father, help us to have peace. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, you died so that I could have peace. Jesus, you died for me to be able to confront that trauma. Yes, Lord.